Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? Ready. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag Utah Jazz. Anything to do with Kraus, that, that would be one of my main questions is, do, do you regret saying to Phil Jackson, you can go 82 and 0 and you're not coming back to, to uh, coach this team? Because that was met, what made everything untenable. If he doesn't draw a line in the sand like that, then Jerry Reinsdorf offers him another year and he can still maybe make that happen. And if Phil makes it happen, then the rest of the team's going to make it happen. And you can argue about what would have happened in, in that season to come. But that's that's one that's always going to be kind of a blind spot for us because we just don't have Jerry Krause's opinion on this. That's Jason here there who uh, talking about the unanswered questions from the last dance. Why not go for a seventh title? Well, because the coach and the GM and Napalm the bridge, and it was over. You can go 82-0, and you aren't coming back. So, hard feelings, there it is. Yeah, I'm over it. Uh, it's time to put that thing to rest and move on. To two jazz stories. The Knicks set to hire Walt Perrin as assistant GM underneath the new team president, Leon Rose. Perrin's currently wor- is the uh, vice president of player personnel for the Jazz. He's been with the team 19 years. to work alongside... Knicks GM Steve Perry. And the Jazz are going to have Bojan Bogdanovic. He's going to have a season-ending surgery on his wrist today in New York. He's got a, uh, a ligament. And uh, how do you pronounce that ligament, Yak? Because I, I didn't go to med school. Your guess is as good as mine. Scapalunit ligament? Whatever. Good. Never heard we'll of it. We'll take it. Anyway, there's a ligament in his wrist. He in- injured it early in the season. And this gives him a chance to recover Fully in anticipation of the start of the 2020-2021 season. So whatever you're expecting out of the playoffs when they resume, PK, it'll have to happen without Bogdanovich, which, given the way he's scoring it, is a major blow. I just don't see major blows happening this year. I'm going to keep saying it's a return of sports. So everyone's going to be celebrating the return of sports. And if they get back there without Boyan Bogdanovich, well, so what? I mean, it's a go get the surgery now. It makes complete sense to me. I, 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 yeah, I guess it, if you're looking for winning and losing, and that's where it's at for you when they return. But for me, it's just the actual return of the competition. So I don't view it as a major blow. He'll be back for the start of next season. That's all that matters. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. Sporting events, uh, pro sports in that first uh, week or so of June without spectators and modifications and very prescriptive conditions uh, also can begin to move forward. And a number of other sectors of our economy will open up again if we hold uh, these trend lines in the next number of weeks. And that includes, uh, for example, getting a haircut. Haircuts to Dodger games. Gavin Newsom talking about the state reopening New York, Texas, and California joining Arizona and Florida. Ready for the return of sports. Play ball, PK. Yes, absolutely, Gav. Way to get on the wave, man. 
I'm excited. I'm happy. This is what it needs to be. Today's the 19th, so June 1st is right around the corner. Uh, so, yeah, obviously they're not going to be starting uh, MLB June 1st. Uh, but I think the wave is coming, and it's going to return. It's what I felt all along, and I feel it even stronger now, and I think it's great news. Wait for the New Jersey governor next, since the uh, Giants and the Jets don't play in New York. They play in Jersey. Massachusetts, I guess. Michigan. See if we hear from those governors soon. Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback Ben Roethlisberger is throwing footballs to teammates again. Followed through on his promise to get a haircut and shave to mark the occasion. You saw the video of him. He was looking like a mountain man. Been up on the hillside for a couple of years. Finally came down and emerged. He underwent elbow surgery, then ended his 2019 season eight months ago. It's rehab on track, according to head coach Mike Tomlin. Great. You ever let your beard grow full like that, PK? Oh, I've never had any facial hair, not one day in my life, no. NFL engineers and the sports equipment company Oakley are testing prototypes of modified face masks that might contain surgical or N95 material. So if players are in there breathing on each other and somebody's positive, they protect them a little bit. I, don't, I can't imagine how that would work, but somebody smarter than me will have to figure that out. More good news. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. Former USC quarterback Jack Sears is joining the Boise State football program as a grad transfer. He'll have two seasons of eligibility remaining with the Broncos. He's expected to battle with Hank Bachmeyer for the starting quarterback job. Sears briefly was going to San Diego State. It was announced, thought, but then head coaching change there. He lands in Boise State, which... I don't know, a little bit of a surprise there, PK. Grad transfers often go to jobs that are open. Is he a grad transfer, though, because he set out last year? I don't know if he's a grad he transfer. He did graduate this spring, so he will be a graduate transfer. Uh, so, well, two years of eligibility. I like it, man. He's not shying away from competition. Even better. I respect him even more because Bachmeyer was the starter last year. He had some injuries. Uh, for a freshman, he had a decent season. Certainly, look. you look at him, you think, oh, right, for a freshman, this kid's got all sorts of promise down the line. So uh, that was cool that uh, Sears thinking that he can go there and have an opportunity to compete. I mean, it really fortifies uh, Boise's uh, quarterback position for sure, having these two kids. Uh, one gets hurt. You know? I mean, Sears played one game a couple years back, and he looked pretty good. It was against ASU, and Herm Edwards was raving about him after the game. Uh, Nikhil Harry took over that game and did some incredible things so the Devils were able to win. But Sears, for the only time he played, looked good. So if I'm Boise and a Boise fan today, I'm super excited. I think Bachmeyer would uh, would transfer himself if he lost the job to a guy coming in. Quarterbacks are pretty unpredictable. Let him. Well, the guy that replaced him last year, Chase Cord, is still there as well. So... If he's if he's a anybody who's afraid of competition, I don't want in my program anyway. Boise State coming off a 12 and two year, lost their bowl game. Only regular season loss was to BYU, and now they get Jack Sears. 
University of Kentucky has dismissed the entire coaching staff and the advisor of its powerhouse cheerleading squad after a three-month internal investigation revealed lack of oversight by those in charge, a culture of hazing, public nudity, and alcohol use, according to a release. Kentucky's program is the Alabama football of the cheerleading world, winning 24 national titles in 35 years. Yak, how do you know that? Is it in the story about it? Yeah. I had no idea about that. That was not off the top of my head. Well, anything that is judged, I'm out. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. Coming up this morning, Dave Rose, former BYU basketball coach, joins us at 8 o'clock. Brad Rock, former D-News Jazz beat writer and columnist at 9 o'clock. Matt Chazanow, Washington State Cougars play-by-play voice at 9.30. Our spring football tour continues. That's what's ahead. Stay with us. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Let's go! The Big Show. It's a big with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Joining us now is Craig Fight, who delivered the pizza to Michael Jordan. We got a call, and a guy all of a sudden motioned me over because he knew I was the only Bulls fan in the store. He goes, it might be one of the players. And I remember saying, I'll make the pizza because I don't want any of you doing anything to it. And then I told the driver, I said, you're going to take me there. Both of us are in uniform. Security guy looks at us and going in. I remember one of the players saying, oh, hey, pizza. Who's that for? And I said, I don't know. It's room this. And they went, oh, for Mike. So I knock on the door, and this great guy who's been saying all this crap lately, he he answers the door, but I'm handing him the pizza, and I said, can I at least say hi to Mike? Why not? It's my one shot, right? The door kind of opens up a little bit more. Mike's in the room, raises his hand. He said, thanks, man. The guy shut the door, and that's the extent of the whole story. It's tough to get food poisoning off of pizza, unless, of course, obviously you add something to it, but that didn't happen, because it sure as heck didn't leave my hands. The Big Show, weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK brought to you in part by Master Electrical Services. Master Electrical is always open during this challenging time. Call Master Electrical at 801-543-2222 for upfront pricing and your satisfaction is guaranteed. Master Electrical will light up your day. Question of the day up on our Facebook page. Sports. It's coming. How sweet is the news? And the answers, PK, are all over the page. Okay. Not everyone celebrating, and not all for the same reasons. We got uh, Mary Jane Jones, if that's a real name, says, The virus has not gone anywhere. Lunacy. <laughs> She's consistent there. <laughs> so, so let's just ruin the entire world while we wait for this virus to go somewhere. Russell says, meh, I've discovered I've been fine without sports. Yeah, actually, I've, I've always known I've been fine without sports. What I am is that I'm better with them. I didn't need this virus to tell me that I don't need sports. That's the beauty of it, is that it's not anything that I need. It's just something that I want, and it makes it far more enjoyable. There's no discovery process necessary. If you, need, if you discovered that then you had your priorities out of whack. It should be in order anyway. They just add to it. They add enjoyment. That's what it's about. And I'm hoping people come back with better perspective because you, you discovered that you could live without them? Come on, man. 
He should have known that all along. They're games. They're for fun. Right, but you see the veins bulging out of people's necks while they yell at people out on the court, coaches, players, referees, opponents, your own team, whatever. So you should discover how ridiculous that is. Maybe he did. Or maybe he's just trying to dismiss sports and making all the people around sports feel smaller. No, no, no. He discovered he didn't need them. No, what you need to discover is that you are way too intense about them, and they're just games, and they're not worth getting upset. They're worth enjoying, like a movie, if it's good. You don't see people screaming at movie screens. It's nothing but entertainment. It's another form of entertainment. And the more forms of entertainment, whether it be music or whatever it is, whatever whatever you decide that is your form of entertainment, that's where I'm at with this stuff. That's where I've been for a long, long time. That's why I can let it slide and fill in the blank team loses and enjoy uh, the moment and have fun with it. And and it's going to come back just like I thought it was. And it's going to be great. Very much looking forward to it. Jason says NASCAR is back, baby. And he's got a picture, it looks like, uh, with family members out in the uh, out in the sand somewhere, southern central Utah. Car all jacked up, flying around My in the sand itself. My guess is that he did not say it's back, baby. That's a you phrase. Every time you say it's back, you have to follow it with baby. So I didn't read Jason's, but I'm guessing he didn't say it's back, baby. Well, you guessed wrong. He said NASCAR is back, baby, with three exclamation points. Baby? Yes. That's what he typed Baby. out. Well, you can go to DJ and PK yourself and look at it. I don't want to. <laughs> That's your job. Okay, fine. You read them. Sean says, I know. NASCAR returned on Sunday. And if that's your entertainment, great. I'm all excited for you that it's back. I didn't watch it. That's not my particular form of entertainment. But if it is yours, that's outstanding news. Ryan says, uh, Troy could care less. He says, it's summertime. Get outside. And Troy and he are having some conversation going back and forth. Everyone needs to lose their corona donkeys. Go out and play pickleball. Pickleball's a fun game. I've played it many times. I enjoy playing. Pickleball is taking over. You know, I talk about soccer replacing baseball. Pickleball is replacing tennis. They're building pickleball courts. Nobody's adding tennis courts now. They're adding pickleball courts. It's a great game. It's a lot of fun. Roy says, are sports really coming back? With no fans in the stands, it really isn't all that interesting. Why would I pay attention if I can't go? How many times do you go? It's your team playing, bud. I mean, you. there's no way you go to 82 Jazz games, and then, which would be 41 anyway. Right? Slice it in half. And so it's the same thing with your football. Suppose you're a college football fan. Well, at least six of them are not going to go anyway. So you don't pay attention? It doesn't make any sense. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Ever? Baby. <laughs> exclamation point, exclamation point, <laughs> exclamation point. What, the, what does fans in the stands have to do with it? I don't, I'm going to go to a game because of the fans in the stands? No, I've been saying this all along. I've been consistent. I don't go to a jazz game for the cheerleaders. I don't go for the mascot. I don't go for the music. 
Now, that's all fine, and it all adds to it. But that's not the essence of why I walk in the building. The essence of why I walk in the building is to see what's going on on that floor. That's why I'm there. All that other stuff adds to it. Doesn't matter to me if it existed or not. If it does to you, great. I've got no problem with the mascot and the cheerleaders and the music and whatever else they put out there and the messages on the big screen to get people happy and excited and laugh and the kiss cam and all that stuff. That's all great. I don't need it. That's not the essence of why I walk in a building. That's not the essence of why I walk in a stadium. In fact, for me, when I go, like when I go to a concert or a game, which are my two big forms of recreation, or not recreation, but entertainment, as opposed to like playing golf, you know, where I'm actually participating in it, when I'm a spectator, the number one thing I'm worried about is that they're not drunk fools around me who think they're going to be funny and be loud and obnoxious and draw attention to themselves because this is their moment in their pathetic lives to have people look at me. Aren't I funny? Yeah, you're not funny. If you're funny, go get a job being funny. And so that's what I worry about. So actually, if there was any form of where I could go and there was six feet between me and the next guy, I would actually enjoy it. Now, I know that's not realistic, and, you know, it's going to hurt people financially, so I'm not something that I'm hoping for. But how many times have you gone in there, whether you don't go to concerts, but you go to something and the, the people around you ruin it because they're loud, they're drunk, you're worrying about them, you know, the old Max Hall spilling beer, all that type of stuff. How obnoxious are they going to be? Nobody How needs that. How loud are they going to be? Right. Yeah. That's what I worry about. I literally, that's my concern when I first sit down. And if I see somebody who looks like it could be trouble before the show, I turn around and I start talking to him. So he thinks I like him. Now, really, I don't. It's just (laughs) I'm trying to make sure that you behave and you don't ruin it for me. Brad tweets at us, we need fans at games. Well, Brad, you're not going to have them early on. And then I think you're going to have a few of them, and then you're going to see those numbers uh, slowly rise over time. I mean, they're going to try to figure out how to get people in the, in the stadiums. And it goes back to their businesses, and that's part of the model, and they need the money. And you're sitting there with, you know, the baseball teams. I mean, some sports, like the NBA, if they go off to Vegas and Orlando, you know, what are you going to do? But the baseball teams are supposed to be playing in their own stadiums. And if you've got a 40, 50, 60,000-seat stadium, what's Dodger Stadium? Is it like 55 or something like that? Yeah, but that's old school. And yeah, the, the new they're, more, they're smaller now. Many. Right, yeah, they're more 40,000. But if you've got 40,000 seats or college football here with 45 or 65, you, you know you could put 100 people in and space them. Can you put in 1,000? Can you put in 10,000? I don't know what the number is. Probably a lot of it comes down to concourses and bathrooms and concessions and actually getting them sitting apart in the stadium seems like the easier part of the whole deal. But it seems like we'll get back to some kind of small crowds, whatever the numbers are. The Dolphins, I don't know, it was probably two or three weeks ago, were announced they were trying to look at a way to get 20 or 25% of their stadium full. And they will. I believe that the NFL will have fans uh, in the stadium whenever that first game is, and hopefully it's right on schedule. But whenever it is, they will have, I would say, about 12,000 fans, ten to 12,000 people in their stadiums week one. I'm not saying when week one is, but when week one occurs, 
they will have my prediction is ten to twelve thousand roughly. Turkey T Plumber Tanner tweets at us, what makes you think sports are coming? Well, the governors of New York, Texas, California, Arizona, and Florida. Uh, f- yeah, well, that, that's a long way of saying five letters. <laughs> Money. Yes. <laughs> I saw a thing that basically in most of the leagues, about a quarter of the teams are in New York, Texas, and California. You know, for baseball and for basketball. It's a little different for football because technically the two New York City teams are in Jersey, but you get the point. That, that's a lot of teams getting the okay now. And in the case of football, they don't need the okay now. They need the okay, you know, down the road. Right. All right, Rick the Dishwasher is checking in on the phone. Rick, good morning. Morning, guys. Hey, Rick. We're going political this morning. <laughs> I sent you guys leaning to the right. I mean, the only way to deal with this thing, because we had a president who didn't deal with it for two months, was to hit it hard till June 1st. And you do go by data. You don't ignore science. If you guys, if we do that again, which it looks like it's what we're doing, and I know there's, you got to open. We, you know, we got to get an economy going, but we're trapped. And our president did that because he's a moron. Oh, I said you're going you know, to the left. To open up, <laughs> he wanted to open it up for Easter. Um, okay. So and got... he doesn't even go by his own CDC guidelines. 14 days of downward trend. Right. No, we're going to ignore that, too. So, wait a minute. Now, Rick, go Rick, through? take a breath. Yeah. Rick. What, what does this have to do with the governors of California and New York? They live to poke Trump in the eye, and they open their states. Oh, you think they're doing this to poke them in the eye? No, that's not what I think. I, okay, Rick, he shut it down immediately, and that's why it's not there. And he's going to stick to the 14 days. And June 1st is when nobody should open. We're going to play it halfway, and we're going to get killed in the fall. Forget about this stupid, I need something on TV. It's a little bigger than that. Now, now we got to make a decision, DJ and PK. It's not a decision. It's not going to be, because you're right. Well, you can't stay closed forever. Had we done it like eight other countries where they shut it down immediately, they got PPE immediately, they got a plan. Right now we have 50 militias making decisions because the, the monkey in the office. We have no leadership. So we can't stay closed through the fall. What are we going to do? We're going to open it up, and you got to make a decision. Mom, Dad, can't see you for two years, and we're going to lose yeah, we're going to lose, uh, one, you know, 1.6 million of you. We're going to trim the herd. All, All right. Because Thanks for the call, Rick. Pl- All right. Yeah, well, why doesn't he go live in one of those eight countries if they're so special? Well, I don't think New Zealand's letting anybody in right now. <laughs> Yuck. You did, you did two years in Taiwan. Is Taiwan letting anybody in? They are, but you have to be very, it's very stringent. Yeah. But Well, they, they'd probably well, have a You heard Joe Ingles last week said that between Australia and New Zealand, you can go back and forth. But yeah, they did a little Other than that, that right? probably not many people getting in. You state Iceman, Jack Dunbar, says, Just put tons of cardboard cutouts of PK in the empty seats. 
<laughs> Everywhere we look, there are teams doing that. that you can take pictures of PK, like yeah, with different you, faces. And, there are teams that are planning to do that, put the cutouts of people in the stands for 30 bucks, and yeah. All right, you can hit us up, 855-340-ZONE. Hit us up on Twitter, David DJ James, or on Facebook, DJ and PK. Uh, <laughs> why would I pay attention if I can't go? Like, what percentage of the fans who watch any given game are actually there? I mean, to say they're a studio audience is a little bit of a stretch, but it depends on the event, right? I mean, the ratio of fans on TV to fans in the stands by the time you're talking NFL playoffs and then the Super Bowl, it's massive. Even for a jazz game. What percentage of the people are, are going to games and w- versus watching on TV? I'm still thinking about that monkey in the White House. Could you imagine, and I'm not naming any other presidents. That would be a problem, PK. Yeah. You don't have to imagine. We already figured that out. We got it. <laughs> I thought they were supposed to go high when we go low. No. no they're supposed to just rage. Just, just rage. Rage against the machine. It's got to happen at some point, man. What are we, we going to do? That's the beauty of it. I mean, this is about freedom of choice. You don't want to go? Don't go. You want to stay inside? Stay inside. Be ready to have your temperature taken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's ways to to do that for sure, yeah. I assume there'll be a whole new set of regulations. It's happen to one degree or another. Right. And I agree with the uh, the stuff about all the experts and the medical people and all that stuff. Yeah. I don't think these governors, particularly the ones who I forgot, red or blue, I I forgot what they are. You told me that yesterday, but I already forgot. I don't think they're doing things that uh, they believe are irresponsible. I think that political money and politics are factored into everything. Everyone's got an agenda. I don't care who you are. Every single person has an agenda. And most likely, that agenda is looking out for number one. (laughs) So I understand that in every conversation that I have with people. What's their agenda? They're looking out for themselves, and that agenda is how much money can I put in my pocket? (laughs) Or in the case of politicians, if that's what you're interested in, what can I do to get reelected and keep this gig? I mean, because the folks uh, in Washington, many of them have been there for 40 years. And and, and, and some of them don't even live in their districts that they represent. Because in some places, that's not a requirement, as I understand it, right? So, but this guy over here is awful. Yeah, whatever. They're all awful as far as I'm concerned. Uh, But the point being, I don't think they're going to do these things willingly, knowingly. It's like steroids. If it's irresponsible or wrong, they're not going to do it knowingly. (laughs) You know, everybody who did steroids, nobody did it knowingly. It's like one or two guys who did it knowingly. I didn't knowingly ingest that (laughs) substance. Come on. Yeah. So... Anytime anybody gets popped, you know, they're, they're acting like they're surprised, they're shocked. So I don't think they're going to do that knowingly. Uh, and they're, I'm not going to say that there's going to be, everything's going to be smooth sailing 100% either. But these are what these governors have decided, and it's leading to what the conclusion is, that they will come back, right? Isn't, this, isn't that one following the other? That's why they're saying that stuff. 
I mean, and starting in New York, I can go get a haircut. I'm going to fly back to New York on June 1st and get a haircut. No, you're not. That was California <laughs> with Newsom and the haircut. Oh, well, even better. It'll save me money. Shorter flight. I, I can just drive uh, past Prim in Nevada and get a haircut. <laughs> State <laughs> line. Let's go. Prim. <laughs> That's California. <laughs> Buffalo Bills, baby. Roller coaster coming out the top of my, the casino. My in-laws are all California natives, and State Line is a milepost when yeah. you're making that drive. Right. So, I mean, hey, I've thought about it. I haven't done it, but I've thought about getting a trim in Baker. Have you? No, you haven't. Have you golfed in Prim? <laughs> I see that course no. when I drive through there, but no, I have not. No, I've uh, never golfed st- in Vegas many times, but uh, no. I keep saying uh, in the summer when we go down, not not now, but in years prior, that oh, we'll just drive to Prim and then we'll stop and then we'll go the rest of the way. But every time I get to Prim. I end up somehow getting re-energized. I get like a shot of adrenaline. <laughs> it's not that far to Baker now, baby. I'm almost in the golden state. <laughs> At the very least, I can get down through the Cajon Pass and stay in uh, somewhere, uh, you're, you're Cook- almost, or what have you. You're almost there at that point. Yeah, I've actually done that. I'll go down to one of those towns, Mont- whatever, along the freeways there and stay there. At a Marriott because it would be maybe a little cheaper if it's later. Why drive all the way into the city or if I'm going to the oh, beach? Yeah, you pay more, and, right? And, yeah, so then so just stay. I've stayed, uh, well, the that uh, did it reverse the Holiday Bowl. When that ended, I remember it was New Year's Eve, I drove to Victorville and stayed there after that game. So I wanted to get up because I was driving home. And so I want to slice off some time. So me, my wife, and our dog, and we stayed in the Marriott in Victorville, and we had to sneak in the dog because there was no dog approved. <laughs> sneak in the dog. <laughs> don't bark. Don't bark. Don't bark. <laughs> and our dog was great about not barking. And I told him, I said, listen, man, they don't allow dogs, so we got to sneak in. He looked at me. He knew exactly what I was saying. <laughs> and then we – so I go and check in. And so she's around the corner. We go in, go up in the room, and it's just three of us. And we got there in time for uh, midnight. And my wife broke out the fake champagne, and we each put on little party hats, all three of us. And we had a little toast for New Year's, and then put, we went to bed. Put a party hat on the dog. Yes. <laughs> Hey, I mean, I got to take loyalty wherever I can get it. <laughs> what a compliant dog. <laughs> oh, yeah. He was all, he was into it. He was, he was totally into it. So, yeah, we, yeah, turn on the TV, watch the little rockin' New Year's Eve, and went to bed right around 1230, got up the next day, and then drove on home. So I sliced off a portion of the drive. So, no, I've never stayed in PIM. I've, I've actually gotten in the parking lot and got out. And thinking, okay, I'm going to do this. But then I think, no, man, kids get back in a car, man. We stayed there one time. We were on our way to California when our son was really young. Our daughter wasn't born yet. And it, it broke up the day. It was a long way yeah. to, to haul him in one day. He, he was really tiny at that point. He was two or three, something like that. All right, let's go to the phones. 855-340-ZONE. Barry, good morning. What's up? Hey, Barry. How you doing? Um, Good, Barry. I'm just thinking about the revenue sharing for NBA. Like, how come they don't put uh, cameras on the seats 
with the speaker, and then you virtual reality into that camera and buy your ticket for that seat where you can zoom in, zoom out, all that stuff per game. If they hold it at like Vegas or Orlando or something, get some money that way. I'd, I'd tune into my game if I had my own camera and my own seat. How much would that cost, DJ? Oh, that would cost a lot of money. We're not there yet. <laughs> Probably not that far away either, though. That's a good science fiction movie. And then, you know, 20 years later, people look back like, we're way beyond that. <laughs> so we're talking about 18,000 individual cameras? Yeah. Or just per arena, right? Well, if you have four or five games a day in the same one, you could rent them per game. And I don't know, it might cut the losses. You never know. All right. You must be an entrepreneur from Utah County, huh, Barry? Uh, no. I'm actually <laughs> from Cass County. <laughs> oh, even better. <laughs> yep. I'm an Aggie, so. Oh, Aggies. Thank, thanks for the call, Barry. I mean, Aggies are always in. They're looking for ingenuity at all times, right? Did you see the emails I forwarded yesterday, PK, about the uh, yeah. entre- entrepreneurs in Utah and in Salt Lake City? Huge numbers among the national leaders. Can you send that to me? I want to read up. Yeah, I can. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I got the one about the state of Utah first. I sent it to PK with something like, how many of these are in Alpine? And then I got an email. Some of them are in Highland. And and I got the next email like two minutes later. And it was about specifically in Salt Lake City. And actually, yeah, you're right. Some are in Highland. Lehigh as well now. Yeah. But actually, there's a lot of entrepreneurs in Salt Lake City proper. So there you go. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Dave Rose, former BYU basketball coach, joins us coming up at 8 o'clock. Brad Rock at 9. Matt Chaz now, the Washington State Cougars play-by-play voice. Spring football tour continues at 9.30. Stay with us. With a little extra time on your hands, it's time to talk about what we're doing to kill time. What did you watch last night with DJ and PK on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network? Too much time on my hands. Too much time on my DJ and PK is brought to you by WCF Insurance, reminding you to be careful out there. PK, if there's ever been a reminder that sports is entertainment. It's not just the game. It's the sizzle and the steak. Man, watching TV the last few days. On the one hand, you got the last dance, and Phil Jackson's talking about the noise in Utah and wearing the earplugs during the finals, and they show the pregame fireworks indoors before the game. (laughs) And then I'm channel surfing last night, and Major League Baseball Network is running Game 3 of the 1970 World Series. And as I'm flipping through, I hit it, and it's just starting. And they are introducing the starting lineups. And they had already introduced the starters. And they they introduced the the rest of the Cincinnati Reds. They start to read the names. And the guys get to the top of the step of the dugout, and they look confused. And I'm thinking, I'm pretty sure they're supposed to be coming out one at a time as their name is announced. You know, not the position and the batting order and all that that takes so long. They're just reading off guys' names. But they just kind of look at each other, and they just come jogging out like in groups of like five, six, and eight or whatever. It was kind of weird. And so they introduced the Orioles, 
And they do come out, the subs come out one at a time. First off, interesting story, Earl Weaver didn't always look like he was 400 years old, so there's that. And then they're introducing the subs, and one of them in particular caught my attention. <laughs> the bench players are coming out of Merv Rettman. What could Merv, what could Merv Rettman not hit? Water if he fell out of a boat? I don't think that was Merv Redman. I thought that was Kurt Bavacqua. I got my wrong Padre pinch hitters. Yeah. Oh. It Bavacqua. Couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat. That's good because I was doing the math going, did he play 20 years? Merv Redman came earlier. Future Padre. Oh. Bavacqua. Couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat. Then you had to say, Bavacqua. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you, Boog Powell was one enormous human being. And Frank Robinson, Hall of Famer, just comes out of the dugout. Just, that wasn't, it wasn't a saunter. It wasn't a jog. It was like he just glided out to the baseline. I'm Frank Robinson. It's game through the World Series, and I got this. I got this. I'm good. Going to the MVP in both leagues? Yep. Yep. Obviously, first black manager. Uh, was a big basketball fan from the L.A. area when I was covering the Clippers. He had uh, season tickets, I think, because I saw him there a lot. I assume it was season tickets because he was there to watch a lot of games uh, at the time, would come through, even though the Clippers, well, actually that one uh, couple years Larry Brown was there, they were actually halfway decent. They weren't that bad uh, playoff team. But, uh, yeah, he is a – He's a man who is recognized as one of the all-time greats. And it's where, getting off the topic of this, but I've spoken about this, it's, it's something that really pains me because you, look, you lit, look at some of the greatest players of all time, and a lot of them are African-Americans, and then you see the number of African-Americans have dwindled to record lows. I, I thought about room. that watching the introductions, yeah. and then and then I watched a I watched about an inning of the game, and uh, Bobby Tolan was hitting second for the Big Red Machine, you know, and they're just, you know, how many how many Bobby Tolans could be in the major leagues now, but aren't. But I actually thought because we've talked about that multiple times on the show, and I actually thought about that watching, and then thought of Bobby Tolan forever. He's a nice player, but they're obviously a lot bigger names on that on that uh, big red machine team, but they were loaded, and, and he was part of it. You know, hitting second, obviously, he was good, or he wouldn't be hitting second. Well, Bobby Tolan, he was the Joe Ingles of the Cincinnati Reds. Oh, okay. <laughs> nice. Good player. I like that, yeah. <laughs> and Brooks Robinson had the legendary series, and just watching, you know, one inning of one game, the Reds got their first two guys on. Rose got it. Pete Rose let off and got a hit, and Bobby Tolan dropped down a, a perfect bunt single down the third baseline. And uh, then Tony Perez hit a one-hopper at uh, Brooks Robinson, who stepped on third and threw to first for the double play. And then I think they had another base runner. And then somebody hit, uh, hit a line drive right at him, and he caught it. And I was like, wow, he had a legendary series, and he was responsible for all three outs right there. And, uh, the, but the thing is, the viewing experience has gotten so much better. It was a day World Series game. That doesn't happen anymore. It was in black and white. That doesn't happen anymore. And when in that line drive, you never saw the ball. Hit it so hard for the life of me, I never saw the ball. You just could kind of tell from the way Robinson reacted, the way everyone else on the field reacted, that he caught it. And now a we got screaming Mimi, a screaming Mimi, and that's why it's the hot corner. And now we get to see super slow mo, and you can see the spin on the ball, and and then you just you know you're watching players react. You don't actually you don't actually see a white ball in a black and white telecast in a day game. You just don't see it. No, obviously the have 
the viewing experience is so much better. It's top of the line. You wonder, you know, they made so many advancements between 1970 and today, and what is that, uh, 50 years? Uh, well, you know, what what's ahead in the next 50 years? Will they continue to make advancements uh, along the lines that they've made? Because the advancement that's made technology-wise is just incredible. So you were able to see a little bit then and now you can see so much more and it's a lot more fun to watch stuff on television for sure than it ever used to be and it's good to see brooks robinson he's the third greatest third baseman of all time behind number one mike well, schmidt mike schmidt is certainly number one and the number two is george brett okay it's a solid list right there el segundo's george brett i might add of the south bay in the los angeles area Played for a legendary coach named Stevenson, who was there probably 40 years himself, mm. uh, and coached the Brett brothers because there was more than one. And uh, I think there were three of them, and one of them, another one of them made the uh, majors also. And George was just an unbelievable player. I mean, just what a player. You're going to be hard pressed to find a little bit better, but I do think Schmidt is a little bit better than. Uh, George Brett, but Brooks Robinson certainly. I would assume he's in the Hall of Fame too, right? I'd have to double yeah, check that. But I think I would so. Think it would. Yeah. The NBA network or uh, NBA TV last night had uh, had basically the roundtable discussion going, right? Journalist, ex-player, host, all that kind of stuff. And the topic, because everything is Jordan related now, uh, the topic was would the triangle work in the modern game? And the consensus was. Yeah. <laughs> what are my players? You just spread the triangle out more, and you got Jordan and Pippen shooting threes and Kerr shooting threes. Yeah, it would work. Well, I saw a thing. This is sort of related, not specifically, but I saw a thing where LeBron was saying that his skills would blend in with Jordan's. And yeah, yes, I they saw would. It too. Of course, yeah. they would. I, I have no doubt. doubt. If you're committed to winning, and that's the number one objective, then skills will mesh. Now, if other things are objectives. Beyond winning, then you're going to have an issue no matter what system, what whatever you're running, what style, it doesn't matter. But as long as you are interested with the goal of winning, then, yes, great players would be able to play together. For sure, I have no doubt that those two. And I think that, particularly in LeBron, and I'm in the Jordan camp that he's better than LeBron, but the one thing that I, and I love watching LeBron play, I mean, to say that I think is Jordan is better than LeBron, it's a generational thing, I admit, but it is no knock against LeBron because LeBron, to me, has proven over and over again that he's willing to give up the ball. He's not going to be hogging it. I mean, you, we, we've said, I've said this for years now. We discuss who's the greatest point guard in the game today. You can take anybody you want. I'm taking LeBron. <laughs> well, the, the apples and oranges part of this is that LeBron uh, never played. Well, that's not true. He did in Miami. But in Cleveland, he didn't play for an organization. You know, the organizations win championships line that Jerry Krause, we saw tape of him saying that multiple times during the last dance. And you just can't say that Cleveland's got a great organization. Now, they didn't win championships, plural. They won singular. So I guess that's a distinction that ought to be made. But, I mean, LeBron's greatness is just his ability to drag a pretty mediocre group. Now, Miami had a good organization. You know, Riley's at the top of it. And he obviously had championship experience and a long NBA career. And, you know, can trace his basketball brain all the way back to Adolph Rupp in Kentucky. Good grief. So, and, and he was surrounded by teammates that were excellent and all that, but not in Cleveland. In Cleveland, wow. Whipping yeah, you know what's funny? 
about Pat Riley is Phil Jackson takes a lot of grief while he coached the best players. Mm-hmm. Well, Riley is like this basketball <laughs> savant here. Right. Well, I mean, come on. You're broadcasting when Magic wants Westhead out, and you move down, and uh, you, and you won, so I can't take that from you. But it's interesting how some people get a label attached to them and others don't. And to Riley's credit, I was down there at the time, obviously. He, he made a statement that, uh, you know, we're all going home when Magic leaves. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing, but that was basically what he said. Uh, so he's viewed as, uh, certainly now he's viewed as a statesman of the game. Uh, eight, but Eight rings, but when you look at his teammates and the players he coached or, you know, as president of the team or whatever, uh, every bit the Hall of Fame lineup that you can list all these Hall of Fame names that Phil got to coach. Yeah. But he got a – Pat Riley won as a player with Wilt Chamberlain and Jerry West, and then Magic and Kareem as the Laker coach, and then Shaq, Dwayne Wade, and LeBron uh, in Miami. It's a pretty good list. Those are some pretty good names in basketball history right there. Yeah, solid. and I and I think that you're going to have that in most cases. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. it's all going to go together. So we di- differentiate, uh, you know, who's more important, who's this, who's that. The one thing I would have liked to have seen of Jordan if he could have come back in that, which ended up being a lockout season, is I believe that you could have replaced Pippen with a comparable talent, even a little less, and they still would have won as long as you have Jordan. But obviously, you replace Jordan, and you don't win. And even if you had, I don't know that there was at that time a comparable talent because Kobe wasn't really Kobe at that time, right? He hadn't come of age the way he did once we got into the 2000s. So I do think that there is some separation there, and I actually think the separation with the Bulls is significant between player number one and player number two. Even, and I'm not discarding Pippen whatsoever and he gets his run and I like what Pippen said in the last dance there at the end you know what what was the plan uh, get the ball to Jordan get the hell out of the way yeah, so that's a good quote yeah <laughs> what were you thinking running down court and he gets this little smile like what kind of a question is that <laughs> right and I appreciate him saying that because that's setting ego aside yeah and, and he acknowledged, too, I thought, I thought Pippen in the interviews, A, he looked like a million bucks. So he he's aging looks, well. Yeah, he's yeah. aging well. Yeah, you know, he, he's obviously taking care of himself. But I thought that he, at the end there, he did three things. He talked about Jackson, the greatest coach. He talked about Jordan, the greatest player. And he was one of the few who praised Jerry Krause. He did, and he gave him credit. Yeah. And it was probably hardest for him to do because his contract was the sticking point. So obviously he'd have some hard feelings there. That was that was his money. <laughs> right. He chose to sign it and then he could have gotten more, blah, blah, blah. But nevertheless, he acknowledged that he was fortunate and he played a vital role. There's no doubt about it. But I appreciate him. Uh, acknowledging all those those three. And you can argue whether Phil is or isn't and whether Krause is or isn't. Most people have today's world think Jordan was but acknowledging the other two and it goes to the I agree organizations win titles but organizations include everything they just don't include the management in my mind when I see when I hear organization that's from A to Z 
it starts with the owner, it goes down the line, and obviously it includes the coaching staff, the strength people, all that stuff, and it includes the players. So that's I view all encompassing when I heard when I hear organizations. You got to have everything in line. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Dave Rose joins us next. Stay with us.